Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Welcome back for another episode of the Cobracast. Come on, Mike. Welcome back to episode 64 of the Cobracast. But we've got we're that high up now, Mark. We're going to start dropping the, the numbers at the start. Oh, mate, we'll worry about that once <laughs> we start hitting the 90s and we're counting down to 100. But welcome to the 64th episode of the Cobra Cast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty of the Prayers. Got my loudmouth co host, Ricky from Ed <laughs> Dog VP Etridge over there. Um, welcome to the show and welcome, Ed Dog. Mate, how are you today? It's uh... Been a long time since we last spoke. Yeah, mate. Oh, so much has changed since um, two minutes ago. Um, but, <laughs> mate, mate, the, the, the funny thing about that, in this day and age, two minutes, a lot could actually change. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just seen that there's apparently been some uh, jockeys or stables that have got positive COVID cases going. So, mate, it's... Well, yeah, it's... Uh, Strange times at the best of time, but mate, it is our second stop in our Canada week where we continue our journey through Canada. We are, uh, we're going over to the other side of Canada now. We're going to Burnaby to the Eagles, and little do we did we know before the chat that um, one of the blokes we speak to, Jim, yeah, played along at a club that uh, one of our very own played at. And I think he's played games with him. Look, I think I was aware of that. But as you know, mate, it could have been Tolan or Ralphie. So, yeah, just grain of salt. Exactly. So, But it does turn out he does know him. And he was actually telling the truth for once, which was <laughs> interesting. Um, not used to that. But, but, yeah, we spoke to Jim and Ma from um, the Burnaby Eagles. And in uh, my memory... Is correct. It was his birthday, was it not? Yes, he was sitting yes, there was. He was having drinking a, having a nice a, little whiskey or a scotch yeah, or a bourbon. bourbon. Just having a little bourbon for his birthday, mate. Um, yeah, so it was a great chat. Um, but you mentioned the other night you're going to go through some uh, ah, podcasts. Podcast so recommendations. You got any so, more recommendations for us or what? Right. As I've told you, mate, I listen to podcasts all day at work. When I'm not listening to the Cobra cast, that is. And uh, so this week's recommendations, right? The first one, you, you gotta love the name of this first one, mate. Uh, one of my personal favorites, podcast called The Magoos. Magoos, eh? The Magoos. It's, a, it's a good little podcast about, you know, chatting Aussie rules. Um, yeah, they do a good show, obviously. 
good humor. They had one of my, uh, I thought I love my crossover, a podcast crossover. So one of my other non-footy podcasts I love is uh, Destruction in the Box. It's a A-League podcast. And Rudy Etzel, who's one of the best podcast hosts I know, was on that show the other week, mate. And when I was saying he was on the Magoos, mate, I was a bit, love it. It's fantastic. And the other one, mate, that uh, I'm a personal fan of is the Beyond the Boundary podcast. They do a couple of shows a week. They couple of different names but beyond the boundary podcast on facebook is probably the best place to find them to find out where you, you need to go and I, I know i said i was going to keep this mainly footy based mate but you know how much i, I bloody love the simpsons do you not of course yes i know Come on. a podcast any, any simpsons lover out there and i'm only going to mention this because they're actually a, a geelong based podcast four finger discount now, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have seen the Facebook page Four Finger Discount that's got hundreds of thousands of likes that you know, memes galore, shit posting galore, as you, as you like to call it these days. That is actually a podcast page. And they review every single Simpsons episode that's ever been made. I think up to season... I think last night I listened back to the, uh, the review of the Beyond the Laughter episode. And I honestly never thought I'd get as much joy out of a TV show being reviewed. As I do the Simpsons. Yeah, fair enough. All right. I just wanted, I wanted to mention that. And I know, um, geez, I know there's a podcast that you've been listening to and some bullshit Carlton bloody podcast. You know, no one knows the name of that shit thing, but I'm sure, I'm sure you tried to tell me earlier, but whatever, mate. Uh, to be honest, I haven't listened to a podcast for a while, <laughs> but um, I will mention one. Um, oh, here we go, Mister. But I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> it's not a not a footy related or sport whatsoever. But a mate of mine is uh, works on a po- podcast with a couple of blokes uh, from a comic shop. Uh, the podcast is called Some Like It Slabbed. Um, it's yeah, owner of a comic book shop and a couple of guys, and they chat about all the weekly comics coming out that week. So I know we got a. You know, a few Marvel and DC fans at our club, and I'm sure around the world, there's plenty of plenty of people that get into the old comic, and they, mate, they they won't steer you wrong in in right. you know whether to pick up the latest editions and whatnot. So, right. so, so what's that called again, mate? Some like it slabbed. It's on uh, Spotify. So yeah. I'll be, I'll be speaking of your mates, I'm, speaking of your mates, mate, uh, your friends out the Catholic guilt, mate. EP coming out. Yeah, mate. EP coming out. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to it. Give me a shout out, mate. We're, out. We're all about the, the local people here. We're, we, we, we may speak to global uh, clubs around the world, mate, but we're all about our backyard in Melbourne and Victoria. And, mate, I'll tell you what, won't be long. Won't be long until we're uh, dripping head to toe in our SCD gear. We've literally just signed off on artwork. Uh, hopefully, in maybe two to three weeks, mate, you'll see us rocking up with bloody... Puffer vests and jackets, and I'm just gonna wear everything in one hit, mate. So I'm gonna look like a body Michelin man. Hey, you'll even have your buff to wear your oh, mask. You gotta be COVID safe without looking yeah. like a blood, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but hey, I'm also looking forward to this chat. So let's get into it. Burnaby Eagles. We got Jim and Ma. Enjoy this one, and we'll catch you on the next stop in our Canada trip. Uh, today we're joined by two guests from the Burnaby Eagles. We have Jim and Mark. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for Happy having me. Uh, 
Um, and and happy birthday to Jim. Uh, thanks for joining us on your birthday, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Uh, we'll get stuck into it so you can get get into the uh, having a few more drinks for your birthday. But first of all, how did you come across Aussie Rules over there? Uh, so uh, I was actually fortunate enough that my dad is, or my my friend's dad is a Australian Canadian. And he actually used to play uh, down in Melbourne and did a program at our, at our elementary school back in the day and kind of all really liked the sport and got him to start up a league. So I was uh, lucky enough to start playing when I was 10 years old over here in uh, just, uh, just outside of Vancouver here in Delta. Very nice. Uh, for me, I was kind of peer pressured into playing it, um, but it didn't take much convincing. Uh, one of my good friends, we play rugby together, Erin Regan. She's also on the team. Um, and she, I don't know, our rugby season was finishing and summer was starting. And I was kind of looking forward to a break, giving my body a break <laughs> from from pain. And I think it was year 2016 and BC was hosting the nationals canadian nationals so we had teams from all across canada come and she's like hey like you know we need extra players why don't you like come out and and, and see what it's about and i did so i strapped on a jersey and i just ended up playing in the uh i think it was a bc versus calgary game and it was my, <laughs> my first time anyways i fell in love with it and i've been playing ever since every summer so yeah well it's uh yeah it's good that and Jim's been able to play more footy than me. So growing up playing, I, I didn't start playing footy till I was in my twenties. So uh, he's more experienced than I am, and I grew up in Melbourne my whole life. So it's uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, so I started playing when I was eight years old. So the fact yeah. that someone around the world has been playing for two years less than I have, like effectively from age difference, is bloody incredible and pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was very lucky to find it and. It was the gr- greatest off-season sport for me for hockey. It got me in shape, and I was still able to hit people the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good transition sport. Rugby here runs fall, winter, and then um, footy, we have spring, summer. So it's just, I don't know, you just kind of continue on and keep your fitness up. And, yeah, it's a really good time. It was weird coming into it as an adult. I think was I think maybe 25, 24 when I started. So um, a lot of things to – unlearn and learn a whole bunch of new skills because I mean the only skill I had down pat was running fast and that, <laughs> everything else uh it was starting from scratch but um even the tackling's different but um yeah I love the intensity so how's, how's that riff we've got two people from the other side around the other side of the world and they mirror both of us is in one started when they were very young and one started when they were 25 like you did yeah, yeah. and I actually came I played uh, American football as a junior, and uh, so it was a very different style of tackling in that, in that right. game. And I always say to people when they've said they've come from rugby, it's it's good that they've found a better version of football uh, in in the Aussie rules game because um, <laughs> rugby doesn't make much sense to me at all. It's a, yeah, it's a lot more specific rules like you have to follow things to a t whereas footy what i love about it is so free you basically get to run around and and there's like 
practically no rules. I remember when I would transition back into rugby, you know, you can be so free with the footy ball, but with rugby, there are certain ways to move it. And I would, I would like punch it out of the way. You're not supposed to punch a rugby ball. <laughs> You're supposed to, you know, go one, one direction. So it, it was always kind of a, a, a tough switch to make in the first couple of games back with rugby. Um, but yeah, how did you get into it so late on? Oh, I just, yeah, hadn't played it as a kid and I um, I was playing basketball and stuff and then uh, I went to a new school and some of my mates were playing American football so I was like oh well I might just play American football it's you know it's not that big here and so I played that for a few years as a junior and then decided uh, a few years later that my old man's best mate was coaching a footy team got me down to the Sandown Coppers and I've been there ever since and now now bloody run the joint, so uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, but how did you guys get involved at the, at the Burnaby Eagles? So I got involved pretty much coming straight from the uh, from the junior program. It was uh, myself and my best friend, whose dad who started everything. We kind of went out to uh, to one of the senior games, and his dad played for the Vancouver Cougars. So naturally, Nick went to play for the Cougars and the Eagles are like, well, I guess we have the second pick and we'll take Jim here. And my buddy doesn't play anymore, but I've been with the club now for 14 years. So hey, you're a vet. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, for me, we, I started playing for the Vancouver Vixens, but this year was the first year where we, Vixens joined with the Burnaby Eagles so we put the Vixens name on hold and now we're officially the women's team with the Burnaby Eagles so it's been the first of its kind here in our area um, and how I got involved in the Vancouver Vixens was the same year I started playing in 2016 uh, that was the year the Vancouver Vixens formed um, and it was actually another Marlena um, who started the the team? It was it was kind of her vision, and she played. Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. She played for Delta. And yeah, she she had she. I think she started playing the year after I did, if not two years. But yeah, yeah. And then she ended up playing for the men's team, um, the BayHawks here in in Vancouver. And so she was part of the men's league, and then she had this vision um, to start a women's league and Vancouver Vixens were the first ones in Vancouver and, or British Columbia as a whole to have a female footy team. And over the years, we tried to kind of be a, that standalone women's team. Um, but I think after a lot of decision-making with, with the Eagles, um, we decided to morph with them um, just to be stronger in numbers and to hopefully get the other men's teams that are here locally to start their own women's team so that we can have more competition. Um, that was really the, what was at the essence of us um, shifting and becoming one with, with the Eagles team. Yeah, nice. Um, hey, Riff, do you want to just jump forward to the women's questions since we're just tied in nicely? Yep. So you, you mentioned that you started uh, as the Vixens. When did the Vixens first start out? And, yeah, um, in 2016. Um, so Marlena, the other one, she and there were a couple key players who started 
the, the team, Adam, Jim, what's Adam's last name? Kelly. Kelly. Adam Kelly's. Anyway, so Adam Kelly and Marlena, they, they kind of spearheaded that, that decision to form the women's team. And then we formed in 2016, the summer of 2016, we became the Vancouver Vixens. And um, I actually don't even know how we started recruiting that year. Like I said, I just kind of stumbled upon the sport and, um, you know, people would invite friends to come and join the practices. And, and we had a lot of different male, um, different coaches over the years that helped shape the team. Adam was one of them. Um, Well, yeah, I think it was, it was just kind of like some, some of the wives and girlfriends from the, the men's team and stuff joined too. So the girls were able to have like some decent numbers right away. And like, it was some some weeks was hard to do definitely a, a vixens versus vixens game but then a couple of times a year we go on tournaments or like we'll they'll play edmonton and calgary or uh, even seattle's close enough and when the men when the men and women or when the men are playing obviously the women will come down and play too so yeah, yeah. but our biggest like jim said our biggest competitor that first year was us <laughs> we because we were the only team here in this um region aside from seattle and seattle's not too far of a drive maybe a couple hours so well there, we there, did... there is like there is a women's team in delta but they're just kind of like their own league and just play against their own league and they're not and quite they're as competitive as good. the bcafl is yeah they're like the precursor so we have had some um, Delta players, junior players come into our team once they, you know, became um, turned like 19 and they would come and join us. Um, but yeah, our biggest competitor was us for the first couple of years. And we would drive down to Seattle, play against the Seattle Grizzlies women's team. They would come and play with us. Um, Jim mentioned we always do a Kelowna Cup. So it's just a, a city nearby or not nearby in the interior and we would play against Calgary and Edmonton from Alberta so good competitors last year we got to play against Portland Oregon and San Francisco they came up because Seattle hosted a really cool tournament so we had some wicked competition there and um and it's different when you play against someone you don't know, you know, when you're playing Vixen versus Vixens, you're not going to do that hard tackle. You're not going to, you know, do that hard bump. Um, so it's really hard to kind of progress your skills in that way um, because you want to care for your teammates. But um, yeah, I, and that's why we, we, we morphed in with the Eagles to hopefully start that incentive for the other men's teams to build a women's team and kind of branch off that way. So have, have uh, many other teams now been, been successful in getting women's teams started? Some of no, the teams. This was the, first, this, was the fir- this was the first year that we, we did it. We're the first kind of group who, who has done that. Um, but Jim, sorry, did you want to speak? Yeah, I was going to say like, there's some, some of the other teams like have women's stuff that will train or like are kind of around the club. But so now like the, the, the Eagles women's team is the only real club in Vancouver now, but we're just hoping that this will start pushing some of the other clubs to develop, uh, develop the league in general and kind of get more women involved. And obviously that's the way for the league to grow and yeah, everyone have a little more fun. 
Yeah, well, it seems yeah. like a, a lot of the US AFL teams have a strong contingent of women playing playing mm-hmm. the sport. Yeah. So it'd be good if you guys can get a few more teams up there and yeah. uh, strengthen the the Canadian uh, stocks of for you know the nationals and international teams. Um, yeah. But how was how were the Eagles uh, first founded and and why did they choose the Eagles in the beginning? Um, so like back. Eagles were formed in 2000 and it was either 2006 or 2007. And it was basically the same story that we're talking about the Vixens just playing each other all the time. It used to be the Vancouver Cougars and uh, a couple of the old boys just decided like, well, we don't, we want to kind of start a league. We don't really want to play each other every week. We want a little more competition. So then they pretty much a bunch of players said, yeah, we'll, we'll start this new club. And I'm not, quite sure why uh they went with the eagles it might have just been one of the main guys that was his club like the colors you know like just thought it was a good the eagles were good at the time like with uh benny cousins and daniel care and everything running around the field so uh yeah it ended up working good like and then a couple years down the road we gained the uh contact with the west coast eagles and they've uh been a club partner ever since helping us sending us over gear and yeah it's been pretty pretty good that way yeah nice so normally we ask um how you got the colors and your jumper design but i'm just going to mix it up a little bit we spoke to a couple of uh, eagles clubs from around the world and uh west Lothian eagles one of them um and hawaii because at the moment there's a you know all you eagles clubs are sort of becoming a massive family we're seeing on social media so what do you guys hope to get out of that with all the clubs around the world becoming a massive Eagles family? Yeah, like it's it's pretty cool to see like the uh the Western Australian did a uh an article in the paper last year and uh it was cool to see how many clubs the Eagles have actually touched all over the world. And the way footy is like everywhere else, like everyone just loves it and there's a there's a big lack of I'd say the fan base, obviously, living in Canada or any other country in the world where there are eagles and stuff. So, uh, I don't know, in the long run, like, one for one, if I'm traveling around, like, I'm probably going to go to an eagles club over a Bombers or a Magpies or anything. I don't want to be wearing those colors, for one. And then... Uh, <laughs> yeah. For two, like, it, there's been talks with a couple of the other clubs maybe one t- one year we do a big eagles tournament and obviously like with the international cup uh postponed this year and hopefully it's on next year but for whatever reason if travel can't get to australia for the uh international cup maybe next year is the year that hawaii puts their hand up and says hey let's have a t- eagles tournament and next thing you know you have eagles teams from five six seven countries coming over just to play some good footy and yeah, yeah, have some fun. That global global community, right? Anywhere you go, and if you if that's something you recognize, that's what you can relate to, and that's what we, we've done. Like we we travel with with this sport, and I think that's the coolest feature. So if we can connect to different parts of the parts of the world, you know, why not? And like Jim said, if you're traveling, you have that 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 language and that sense of belonging when you go to an Eagles club. Yeah, very nice. I know that Hawaii and West Lothian were uh, very keen on getting Eagles Cup going, but here we go, Rift. I'm just going to run through to Eagles Clubs, mate, and you tell me if we've interviewed them or not. 
Waterland. Yep. Yep. West Lothian. Yep. Hawaii. Yep. Uh, Philippines. Yep. Burnaby. Yep. Yep. So all we've got left to interview the DC Eagles, the Mid Canterbury Eagles, which I've actually had lined up and I've just completely dropped the ball on that one. And the, the Lil, Lily Eagles in France. I don't know how you pronounce that. There is a team in Toronto too. Toronto? Oh, that's not on there. Yeah. So my apologies. Yeah, you guys find the different Eagles teams. Because I know there's been like a, I heard a Facebook page has been started with all the Eagles family, but how do you guys track them down? I just literally search clubs. It's <laughs> <That's> literally <laughs> it's, how it is. It's a master on the in- Instagram and it's just that. Uh, it's literally how it started. So when we fell in, when we actually started doing this, it was West Lothian was the first club we recorded. And that mm. just happened by just pure chance. They actually reached out to us about something completely different. And then it was just as we started recording, we're like, oh, we'll get them on and see we get one or two clubs to do it. And I think you guys are our 40, 46 club we've spoken to. And yeah, it's literally just jump on Facebook and Instagram, shoot a message across and you know, everyone's you know, really keen to jump on. So it's nice. But um. I did mention about the jumper. You guys do have a bit of a different jumper compared to most Eagles uh, teams. How did the design for your jumper come about? So, uh, for years, we were using West Coast jumpers. And then uh, we kind of just got this idea years ago that, again, it's great to be part of this massive Eagles family, but we're we're in Canada. We kind of wanted to develop a logo, for one, with the – with the maple leaf and everything in it. So we kind of developed the, uh, the logo and then uh, we wanted to keep the wings and everything. And then we just like with the wings and the colors and we just kind of decided to go with a, a brand new kind of design. Uh, I think it worked out well. Like we're definitely, we definitely stand out or like these, these are old jumpers. So uh, we actually just got new ones this year. Yeah. We just but, this week got new ones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just kind of wanted to kind of change the game and just do it a, a whole new exa- or design that, again, would stand out. Like, we think the half and half blue and yellow was great for years. And we kind of just wanted, again, we wanted to keep the wings on it at first. And, we just, I don't know, we've never seen, like, a detailed wing. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Have you come across it, Rift? Have you checked it out? Uh... No. Yeah, the half and half is an absolute it's a ripper of a jumper. Uh, as much as the Eagles name's quite uh, quite common, the jumper and the logo are very unique and I'm a massive yeah. fan of. So um, how did the club go in its first season? How many players did it have? Uh, so the very first season, the, the I'm pretty sure there was between 20 and 25 guys on the team right away. So it was, the numbers were pretty good. We, like, we were playing 18 a side at that point. There was actually probably more people in the club. To be honest, like I was just a little pup at that point. I was 14 years old, so I can't really remember that that long ago. But uh, yeah, it was the league wasn't, I'd say, as competitive as it is now. But uh, it was more just guys kind of getting out for a kick, laying laying a little body and stuff. But uh, I I think we lost the grand final. I think Seattle might have won that year or Vancouver, but I think we made it to the grand final and lost. So we actually uh, we had a pretty fair uh, go on our first year. Yeah, nice. So how how um, sorry, do you guys find it hard to get players, and how do you, you recruit? Uh like so. 
I sometimes find it hard to get Aussies because we're not, when you search footy in Vancouver, we're not the first club to, uh, to kind of pop up and everything. But uh, for Canadian wise, like because we have such a strong core of Canadian uh, players, I find it pretty easy because honestly, I, I played forever. I can, I'm going to walk, walk into somewhere in, in any bar and if I mention AFL and someone's interested, then I'm going to talk their ear off the entire night, which happens more more nights than not. Yeah, for the ladies, um, we since we are the only club, and if someone you know Google searches you know AFL league, they're going to come to us. So we've had a good recruitment of Aussies, but then we have really high turnover, right? Because they stay for two years or stay for a season and then go traveling. Um, so keeping a core group of women who are permanent here has been challenging, especially because at this age, people already have their sports, you know, they have, whether they have their soccer, their volleyball, whatever. So that's been tough. I mean, we tend to keep things or we, t- we tend to keep people because of the social life that we, <laughs> that comes with joining our club. So that's always a good thing. Um, but yeah, we, we have Facebook, we have Instagram and a lot of it is like word of mouth. Like Jim said, if we talk, if we meet someone at the bar or we meet someone at our sponsor pub, you know, we're going to let them know that we're here and, and get them out for a training. And, and it is, it's a lot of people connecting, you know, a friend of a friend connecting them to me or to another player. And then, you know, me kind of mentoring them and bringing them into the club. And so, yeah half the most of the parts getting them there so if they see us out at any time or on like a pub crawl and they're kind of interested (laughs) we're always offering rides or this is how you get the training or like hey come come down to the park for a kick like i'll show you how to kick and stuff it's it's more just about growing that interest right away so they want to keep coming back and then again like any footy club over there as well like you, you got that community in the club which is pretty infectious so like yeah. pretty much once they show up and once they have a good run and meet everybody, like they're pretty much sold right away. And I think because we have such a strong connection or because of IC, we have a strong connection with all the teams across Canada. So everyone knows who we are, right? They, they know, they know Jim, they know me. And so if they have a friend that's moving out here out West, you know, we're that connection back to footy for them. And so I think we do rely rely on that relationship with the other teams across Canada. Um, so it's neat to see. Yeah, very nice. So whereabouts do you guys train and play? Burnaby. Yeah. Yeah. We train at uh, Burnaby's Lake Sports Complex. So it's, uh, we actually train on artificial turf, which is a little different than all the other clubs here, but we have uh, lights that we can train on at night with. And then we actually have uh, football posts and stuff. So we have, proper uprights to kick kick through yeah very nice it's a bit different to most clubs they kicking a ball around in a park somewhere that they're gonna you know dodge the dog shit and and you know yeah. ho- hope that no one's <laughs> set up a barbecue in the middle of the the um park or something like that but, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's nice it. that when it's raining you still have like a nice deck to run on yeah we actually did our pre-season on a artificial uh, turf at a soccer club because we we can't use our ground during the yeah our our footy off season is uh, cricket season cricket. so we can't use our ground 
um, <laughs> it's it's not something you want to be tackled on every day, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> it, it's at least it's nice to run on, and it's not a park full of potholes. Yeah, you always you always get the brand new Aussie that kind of lays out and like slides on his knees or something for uh, for that mark, and I'm like, yeah, I should have told yeah. you before not to do that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not too forgiving on the skin. That's uh, we had a, a couple guys that yeah learned the hard way with that. Yeah, and yeah. slide for a mark on that stuff. But um, how how successful has the club been throughout your time, and and you know who's sort of the biggest rival and stuff that you have with the club. Uh, we, we, we have one flag to our name, which is unfortunate. We've lost a couple of uh, close grand finals, but we won a flag back in 2011. So like I was, I think I was 20 was one of the highlights of my life by that point. It was pretty cool with winning with a bunch of guys that really showed what it meant to win a flag and everything. But, uh, yeah, our biggest rivals definitely, uh, well, like you could go either way with the Vancouver Cougars, just them being the club that's been around the longest and then uh the west coast saints have actually uh strung together a uh, a couple wins in a row so yeah, yeah they're always uh high on it, it's easy to get up for a game against those guys yeah for the women the vixens um we would compete against seattle and it's just been i think 2017 we won and then 2018 they we won again and then 2019 they won um so their team is growing um, strong as well and it's unfortunate that this this year was supposed to be our first year as the Burnaby Eagles and we just because of you know COVID we weren't able to to give it to them so we'll just have to wait till next year yeah well, hopefully uh, things start to normalize at some point and you're able to still get a game going maybe at tail end of this year or start of next year but you mentioned a sponsored pub how hard have you found it getting sponsors and, and what other sort of sponsors do you have for the club so our sponsor pub we've actually been lucky uh there's a one aussie pub in vancouver called moose's down under and uh they've actually sponsored the eagles since uh i think karina joined the club in 2008 or nine or something so we've actually had a straight sponsor pub for uh years um but just knowing some of the other clubs like it's some clubs have really succeeded having sponsors for a number of years, but some clubs have really struggled as well. Just yeah. the sport, just, just the sport not being huge over here. And yeah. like, it's easy for us to sell because we'll always have function our uh, nights. And uh, after every round of the year, like one of the, one of the teams, it's their sponsor pub night. So instead of like having the clubhouse at the field, like you would in Oz, everyone kind of goes home showers and then starts the night at the uh, sponsor pubs and stuff. So yeah, we've been really uh, lucky to have mooses for over a decade and it's great big room. Good Aussie, good Aussie pub food. We get taken it's family there and uh, it's a big room for a lot of good functions that we've had as well. So it's been uh, pretty good that way. And exactly speaking to what Jim said, it's hard to keep a, a sponsor and that's that was one of the biggest issues we had as the vixens we, we were very unknown um it, it wasn't really reliable so that sponsorship was one of the big driving factors to morph in um with the eagles because um karina who owns mooses down under she always took care of the the women as well she's like she's like the mom of the team um so it just kind of made sense to kind of fit 
fit under that umbrella. Yeah, it's quite impressive to have a sponsor on board for so long. So it's um, credit to not just you guys, but also uh, the pub. So um, what type of social events do you guys hold? <laughs> uh, we uh, we hold all types of social events. So like we do a couple pub crawls a year. Our biggest yeah. always being uh, our Santa pub crawl. So the last couple of years, we've been getting pretty much 40, 40 players, friends, family, whatever, who wants to come. 40 plus going around Vancouver, just singing Christmas carols from pub to pub. And uh, that's always, that's always a big one on the, on the cards. And then obviously like preseason parties and the season parties, we have a couple of tournaments every year. Our biggest fundraiser every year for the guys has always been uh, ladies night. So a couple of us get on stage and kind of strut our stuff and take off an article of clothing or two and, Hopefully there's a couple of single ladies in the crowd that uh, are willing to put up with some dollars for us. So that's always the biggest one for us. The women put on a feisty bingo night or two and, you know, you get the right bingo host. And we also make a good, good money on that. I know and we always like put themes onto every pub night we have and um, what else do we do? Silly Sunday is always a good time at the end of the season. The guys and girls last year, we did it. We did a huge pub crawl. Everyone was dressed up. Um, yeah, and then we attract a lot of weird and cool people that way. <laughs> I know we make the joke, Rifty, that you know, we've got to get across to these clubs to uh, have a run for them, but I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I just want to get across to these clubs to the social side of things, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can take the field and I'll sit there and sink beers on the sidelines, mate. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what uh, we, that, do. That, we definitely have a few of those guys. Uh, they're my friend. I was injured all last season. I think I played a game and a half last year, and I spent the rest of the season on the sidelines. And because oh. our our home games, pretty much all of them were Friday nights, yeah. I'd, yeah. I was home from work, so I'd start tucking into the beers about two thirty, three o'clock. So by the time <laughs> seven o'clock kickoff come around, I was uh nicely lubricated and happy to get stuck into it. <laughs> Mate, you need it. We need to well, get sorry, mind, mind you, sorry, mind you, at this point, I was still on crutches. So it was, uh, I, I'd mastered the, the <laughs> on crutches. <laughs> Mate, he, he had it all set up. He had people delivering him beers as he sat there on crutches, <laughs> just ticking off the team sheet for the boys. <laughs> goal. So he, he had it all set up. One of the things... Mate, we've got to get over as in an ambassador role or something like that, I reckon, and start recruiting for all the clubs because... Ed Dog's favourite thing is to get guys drunk and then recruit them to our club. So he needs to take those skills worldwide, I reckon. And yeah, come over, come over this way, do a couple of live live uh, shows with everybody, and just kind of get get to know them on the uh, this side of the bottle, right? Yeah, well, I've, I've always wanted to travel the world, so I reckon I'm slowly finding a, a way to do it and get paid for it. Yeah. Open arms. I, I don't charge much. It just sort of be, like I say, just be pay me pay for my beers, but. Probably yeah. the club bankrupt actually, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, speaking back to ticking off, like oh, I done that year was sit there drink beers and tick names off. There was one game, I think one of their players got reported. I'm sitting out at the end of the game, you know, quite a few beers in, and Rifty walks up to me. He's like, oh, you've got to go see the umpires. I'm like, what for? He's like, oh, there's been a report. You've got to go and sort it out. And yeah, safe to say, I just sort of sat there in the umpires room, very very quietly, and trying not to say anything, just because I'm like, I. Did not agree to this shit, and this is not a good look for us. <laughs> but um, 
So you both have been uh, quite uh, successful at international level as well, I've been informed. So, Jim, you've um, been to two international cups. You were vice-captain 14 and also captain Canada in the 2017 competition. And, Ma, you've been... Um, uh, you would have been attending the International Cup this year if it hadn't have been uh, postponed due to COVID. So, Jim, what's it been like to represent Canada? It's like, it's honestly one of the coolest experiences you can have. Like, just walk, running out there with the maple leaf on your chest, just all that pride and everything. It's, uh, it, if it wasn't so great, I wanted, wouldn't have been putting my body through it for so many <laughs> years, you know? Like, when you when you step foot on that field against the States and, New Zealand and Ireland and yeah, you just, you just, everything just kind of overcomes you and you just kind of get wrapped up in the moment, especially like all the young guys like coming in the club now. I'm like, every time we take that field, just cherish it. Cause you only get so much time with that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very cool experience. So with that, um, being the fact that you were the captain in 2017 at the international cup, um, what was that like when you got told? Like, what was the feeling like when you got told that, hey, mate, you're going to be captaining your te- your country in a major, major tournament? Yeah, it was uh, like for one to get the honor at 23 to be vice captain in 2014. That was great, but uh, we kind of got word that our uh, our our cr- captain at the time, Justin Settle, just uh, he couldn't he just couldn't make because of work commitments and everything. And then uh, it was just. It kind of had that feeling that I'm coach kind of gave me a heads up before it happened, but then he actually announced it on Canada day in 2014, as I just got back to Australia and was playing for my uh, club on the, uh, on the gold coast there. And yeah, it was, uh, the words can't even describe it. Like being told that you get to, uh, you get the chance to go lead 29 other great players and leaders out on that field. And, yeah, just your all the all the experience that you you've uh, had in your career and stuff, you can just use to help everybody else. And yeah, it was again, no words to really describe, pinpoint exactly what it's like, but huge honor. Yeah, I could imagine it'd be pretty cool. And Ma, so unfortunately, obviously, you know, this year didn't go ahead. But have you uh, represented Canada before? And you know, how much are you looking forward to coming across next year if we get an international cup next year? Yeah, um, it was quite a grieving process in March, figuring, uh, learning that this whole thing was cancelled. You know, we've been, all the girls, all the women, we've been training really hard and, you know, raising funds and, and financially kind of, you know, putting things aside. So, you know, given the chance to do it next year or even the following year, you know, I'm there in a heartbeat. Um, back at in 2017, um, I had the opportunity to play for Canada at the London Footy Carnival. So we played against Ireland and two Britain, British teams. Um, that w- would have been, I think I would have had one season before, before that, before going there. So playing, so my skill set and I think my knowledge of the game and my confidence wasn't there, but still incredible to, to travel and to play against Ireland and Britain and exactly uh, Jim said to put the Canadian jersey on. Wicked feeling. Um, 
and it's going to be it's going to be I think 10 times better this time because of how much I've fallen in love with the sport over the years and and the and the relationships I've created with with the women across the country and to be able to 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 play alongside them um yeah and to do something we all love yeah nice we've um mentioned a few times on here how you know, how much we envy the fact that people get to represent their country in this game because uh, we just play local football, but even the people that play at the top level in Australia don't actually get a chance to represent their country. So we think it's pretty cool that you guys do. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we've said many times when he rifted that we're, we've we said we're trying to work out a way to get ourselves up to the International Cup uh, either next year or in 2022 whatever year it goes ahead. I'm sick of saying it, Rifty. We're going up there no matter what. I don't care how we get there. We're finding a way. So uh, when we get up there, and we'll make sure we uh, catch up with you guys for for a beer or a drink or scotch or whiskey, whatever you're drinking at the moment, Jim. And um, yeah, A little bit of bourbon. A little bit of bourbon. There we go. We'll catch up for that. And uh, said so a few people, if you're you know, coming across to Australia, you may as well swing past Melbourne the way through and come for a kick down at Sandown while you're here, I guess. For sure. I was actually supposed to be in Melbourne this week. On my travels, I was going over to Perth and then coming down to Melbourne to see some of the boys and see my old club down there. So, that was, yeah. I was meant to travel afterwards and do like seven weeks and hit all, you know, hit the coast, go down to Melbourne and see friends. And yeah, well, I plan okay. on I plan on when you guys get across here, that itinerary to still be in place and you come by Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to come down to Edinburgh Reserve and. You know, we're in a similar blue, so it's it's not like you have to put on a um, magpie Best or jumper. Essendon jumper. So nah. <laughs> I don't um, want but, I don't mind the red as long as it's Canada. Oh, yeah. And we have we have ties to Canada. Our former coach and, and club legend, um, self-proclaimed club legend, is actually living in Canada now. He's married and got a little son over there, and made a life for himself over in Canada. So. Nice. Uh, one of our, um, a few of our guys have been over and, and look forward to doing it again. So, uh, but you've played for quite a while. And what position do you play uh, when you are on the field? Uh, I play uh, rough rover, rover center, any any midfielder. I just love running hard and getting my body destroyed, grabbing as many possessions as I can. A little bit of leather poisoning. Yeah. Nice. And what about you, Ma? What posse do you play? Um, when I'm playing here back home for our club, it's any position that I'm needed in. Um, so forward, back, center. For Canada, I would have been playing ruck. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I just want to touch on something you mentioned before, Jim, about um, the team you played for in Melbourne and you played on the Gold Coast, I think you said. So Yeah. Um, how long did you play down in Australia for, and what clubs did you play for? Uh, in 2013, I was playing for uh, – I played half the season for the Palm Beach Caramond Lions, and then I played for the Coolangatta Blues as well. So I played one season up there, and then I went down to uh, – I actually played in Elmore, and I was living in Echuca in 2014 playing before the uh, 2014 International Cup. So uh, that was pretty cool to play for a uh, – I was playing for the Elmore Bloods there and just playing for a cool, small community town and really embracing the fact – like Victorian style of football. It's really cool uh, how, how the entire community got around and 
was at every single function, every game and everything. And then uh, in 2017, I went back to the Gold Coast and I played for their, uh, the Carrara Saints in uh, just, just uh, inland of uh, Service Paradise. Yeah, very nice. That would have been a complete um, culture shock to go from playing footy in Canada to playing for such a small country town in Victoria where, you know, up there, uh, the whole town will, you know, whole town of a couple of thousand will roll in on a Saturday to watch the team play. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And I was, I was actually making the senior team pretty much every week and getting a little bit of coin on the side too, which as a Canadian never would have thought would even be possible. But uh, yeah, just literally finishing the game and standing in the clubhouse later, going to the bar and, yeah, people coming up and coming up to you and knowing who you are—it's it's a whole other world. So that was a very cool experience. Uh, so we've spoke to a few people, and when uh, maybe like off the call conversation, sometimes gets into how players get paid down here, and they just can't believe it. They sit there and are in absolute shock. When someone comes to you the first time, Jim, and said, "Hey, mate, we're going to give you," I say, "You're getting fifty bucks a game." Okay, Jim, we're going to give you 50 bucks a game this week to play footy. What, was, what goes through your head if, from a bloke that comes from just playing because they love the game back in Canada? Yeah, it was like, like obviously, like I'd come there pay for free or at least pay for my membership and uh, yeah, give me a pair of socks or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the first, when I got a text from the coach, like I had, a, I had a mate that I actually played with here that he was like, where, are you, where, are you, where do you want to play? And I was like, well, man, I'm literally in the country doing farm work. Just, just getting my. Uh, I ended up doing nine months of farm work just so I could stay in the country for that second year. And uh, yeah, he's like, "Come play for my club." And then next thing you know, on the next day, the coach call or coach gave me a call, and he's, "Hey, we we would love for you to come play for our club and sign for this much money." And I was just kind of wide eyed. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds fantastic," because <laughs> especially like. If I'm playing over here, yeah, I'm a little more experienced than everybody. But when I'm playing over there, everybody's had a footy in their hands since eight years old, right? So I was actually, uh, I was just, I was being, I was a tagger over there. And it was the only way for me to, uh, to make the top club. And yeah, if I was, if I, if I can do anything, I can help for the team. And I'm going to get a little bit of uh, help on the side. Like I, I grew up playing hockey and I wanted to make the NHL and everything and yeah, maybe I'm not good enough to make the pros over in Oz, but if I'm going to get a little bit of coin for just literally doing being over there and doing what I love, I'm going to do it with a smile on my face every week. Little knuckles down the ribs, never hurt anybody. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We are Our club, we don't pay players, and I've never been paid a day in my life to play footy, but you still get out there and do it with a smile on your face because you yeah. love it. So, um, So what number do you guys wear? Uh, we're number nine. Yeah, she's close, Rifty. She's close. Almost uh, backwards 42. <laughs> uh, ah, so who do you guys follow in the AFL? I um, just watch the women's. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but um, Carlton. That's Carlton all right. Blue. The ladies, yeah. Uh, I'm a West Coast Eagles supporter. Thing, yeah. I'm sorry. There's definitely not a bad thing now that you've mentioned that you're a Carlton supporter. <laughs> <laughs> Rifty's a diehard Carlton fan. 
Yeah. Oh, man. They, got, they were doing all right in the women's this year, and unfortunately, finals was uh, yeah. to take place when it all got shut down, so they didn't, yeah, yeah, that was, didn't that was get a... to make it to the big one this year. Yeah. So who do you follow, Jim? I cut you off. Sorry, mate. Um, I'm a West Coast Eagles supporter. All right. And favorite player of all time? Ladies, it would be Darcy Vessio. Yeah, she's not bad. Not bad. I love her her Instagram content and <laughs> her kick too. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I got a I got a few. I'll go through so, those. I got uh, like Chris Judd and Benny Cousins from the West Coast. They were just so good when I started watching. And then over the last decade, Joel Selwood just kind of plays the exact same style of game that I, I've always uh, grown up playing. So, yeah, it just goes about it the right way. Sounds it's not, not bad idols to have. And if you're anything like Selwood, there's no wonder you're getting paid a bit of coin. Uh, to play for um, Elmore, and you mentioned uh, Cool and Gatter Blues when you're one of the teams you played for. I've actually got a Cool and Gatter Blues training top in my uh, my bag that I sometimes wear at a training because one of our players played a season up there for them. So that's a great club. Yeah, there's a lot of great clubs around, and it's good that you've been able to play for some of them over here. And if you're uh, Need to do a bit of pre-season before the next International Cup, mate. You're welcome to come down and play a few games for us. We might be able to get you a free pair of socks or shorts or something. <laughs> I don't know if we can pay Love you that. as much as Elmore. But... <laughs> um, but now it's time to throw some of your teammates under the bus, as we like to call it. Um, so we've got a few few things to ask you. And what's the first one, Ed Dog? Right, so for these questions, I'll get Jim to give me an answer from the men's club, uh, men's team, and Anna uh, Marty gives an answer from the women's team. So, uh, who at the club would be the class clown? Uh, <laughs> like we we had a guy last year. His name was Chip. He's a, he's an Aussie guy. I would I don't think I could go without saying him. Yeah. He, uh, he he actually went viral on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, doing karaoke, sing on a chair, and he actually fell through the chair during the during the fucking climax of the song, and uh, yeah, he got up and didn't miss a word. It was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty cool. All my buddies but in it, Australia already had already been posting it before I even told him it was my buddy. So yeah. we're gonna have to track that one down. I talk. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. As he's sitting there saying chip and then he's gone gone viral, did your mind go where my mind went, Rifty? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a chipper at our club and <laughs> if a video of his went viral... I'd be, I'd be concerned and worried. Yeah, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> I've told the guys to make sure he never gets my phone number because I don't want to see any of his videos. <laughs> just, the, just these stories alone are enough. <laughs> I don't need visuals <laughs> of them. Uh, but yeah, what about for the women? Who's the, uh, the biggest the striker? Um, this player isn't with us anymore, but when I think of, you know, biggest clown, I would have to say Kaza. She, I think her last season was maybe one or two years ago. She lives in Whistler now, but she was always the one who was, I think, out 
the latest. She's the last person to, to leave the bar and, I don't know, always puts a smile on your face and gets into the dumbest shit um, during pub crawls, camping trips, you know, you name it, she's probably done it. I think she, uh, I don't know, she ended up putting someone on her shoulders and then bruising her head or her shoulders or something because the person fell off anyways like she's always got some kind of injury because she's i don't know <laughs> at the pub putting someone on her shoulders or taking her shirt off and just having a good time so we might get the same answer for this one who's the party animal jim oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I do. I do love when our guests are more than happy to throw themselves under the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely the one that is out the most and always has been. But that's that's some help to uh, some of the guys who were around the club when I was uh, again when I was just a young guy, and they kind of showed me the ways. So, yeah. So now, now you're the veteran that's going to lead the way for yeah. the young guys. Someone, <laughs> someone had to, someone had to take the reins, you know, and like show the young guys now how to do it. Yeah, we are, we have a guy. I think he'd like to take that mantle. He's he's been the captain of our club for a, a couple of years now, and he was very similar. Came to the club when he was quite young, and and there was a few older heads at the club that he used to follow along to our our local watering hole and have a good time. And now he's the captain of the club, and he still likes to lead the charge off the field most nights. Sounds like uh, a good guy. Yeah, well, I've seen him. You know lead the charge off the field but four hours in he's already uh he's he's gone <laughs> yeah he's he's uh the the probably the last two years he's definitely dropped off a bit and he's uh yeah he, he tries to go as hard as he used to be able to in his younger days and and, and uh yeah he's very quickly asleep standing next to a wall or something and <laughs> his issue missing. is he's got too healthy that's what it is yeah yeah, you got to keep that balance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but who who's the person that takes the game far too seriously? I'd say on the on the men's team, he's actually is uh, my best friend. He's actually been with the club just about as long as me. But he's our coach now. He's uh, and that would definitely be have to be Robin. He. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more laid back, and he especially he definitely goes off on me a few times, and uh, yeah, he's he's just always dialed in. He can he, he can ease off when he wants to off the field, but definitely at the field, like he's he's straight edge and needs everyone to uh, kind of do what he says. Yeah, uh, for the ladies, uh, my good friend Leo. Leo also has made the international cup, the women's team. Um, yeah, fuck, when you're on the field, you need to make sure you're in line or you're going to hear from it from Leo. She, uh, she's definitely got the mindset for, for winning and for, you know, being efficient and, and, and driven. And I think she expects that from all of her players and, is, and she's that push 100%. Oh, that's right. You, need, you always need somebody who's going to take it a bit more serious and Keep yeah. everyone in line. Um, yeah. But who's who's the one player you wouldn't want to have to share a room with on a on a footy trip to say the international cup or something like that? Uh, I'd have to say for the men, it would be Pablo. Um, 
<laughs> he's, uh, I'd say he probably goes home a little earlier than people, but his, I don't know, his wardrobe is just, you, you wouldn't want to see it. It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, too many colors. It would just be everywhere, I, I think. And yeah, you'd never know what would go on in that room. Oh, this is hard. Um, I don't know who to throw under the bus. You know what? I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say, um, I don't know. Here, let, can we go back to that question? Let me think about it. <laughs> oh, good. That's I think of a good <laughs> sure thing. Uh, so before we get back to that one, uh, what, who's got the best nickname? The best oh. one. Nickname. Okay. Uh, I would have to go with, uh, we have a guy on the team that works at the aquarium, actually uh, cleaning the, uh, the waste out of the tanks and stuff. So we actually call him fish shit. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't love it. But, you know, we'll, we'll shorten it the fish as much as we can. But, yeah, it's, uh, that, that's probably our best easy. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's, that's one of the best we've heard. Yeah. That, yeah. That's up. I'll that's let him know. So I'll rephrase he, it. He probably won't it's, find it that bad anymore. It's one of the best we've heard, but it's also one of the best we've heard that has a backstory that's not incriminating. or yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. I like it. No, you got to make sure that fish shit sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for the ladies, um, actually you guys were in touch with her. It was, uh, Kirsten. Uh, anyways, we gave her the name KG. It was just her initials and she decided she didn't like that nickname. So she wanted something else. So we gave her a new one. Uh, we named her Obama because she wears like an Eddie Betts toque and you know, the, like the, the picture on her toque looks like Obama and she decided she didn't like that either. So we, I don't know. Obama stuck and KG also stuck, but I don't know. The funny part is that she didn't like her nickname, so decided to give herself different ones. But nicknames don't work that way. Uh, well, yeah. I've got so my nickname's Et Dog, and I picked that up when I was about 16, 17, and hated it. Just did not like it at all. Told me, <laughs> told my cricket coach, it ain't going to stick. It's never going to be here. And now, 14 years later, that's pretty much what I'm known as to the majority of the people that I meet. Um, and you mentioned about nicknames don't work that way. You don't give them to yourself. We've got a bloke at our club that's had what, given himself what, 15 nicknames in the past 10 years? No, he keeps, <laughs> keeps trying. He's, and look, we've got to mention the story. Yeah, I was, was going to say, Rifty, could you please mention it? Cause I just want to have a good old laugh again. All right, so he's tried for years just to eat. Every year he'll give himself a new nickname and you'll say, you know, one of them was Grippo because his hands are like, where you got Grippo on him he just marks everything and we weren't having any of that and so one day he decides to nickname himself the bear trap because um, he's a bigger guy and and we weren't really getting around it and then we had a uh, pre-season trip where we did a training camp and um, he was doing an obstacle course and as he's going over one of the obstacles they're filming him and he's called out to himself the bear trap and then as he's landed on the ground he's landed on a branch and rolled his ankle so he's then on the ground he's ah after he's called out the bear trap and so 
the video went viral amongst ourselves and um so we we made the nickname stick after that and we <laughs> so the thing is with his, with, his, with his nickname though it's not the bear trap it's the bear trap ah so we just <laughs> and it was yeah I, I was there watching it and it was you, you started pitching yourself laughing to begin with and then you realize oh he's actually in quite a fair bit of pain so you stop oh. laughing and then we get back to the campsite and someone's like oh, i've actually filmed it and then it was just 15 minutes of 20 bikes just watching it on repeat just pissing themselves <laughs> laughing at it and now he doesn't like the name oh no he uh, likes no, it he's, yeah. he's just glad the nickname stuck yeah it's only taken him 20 attempts he's he he had to injure himself to make sure his nickname stuck, but he's just glad we all call him the bear trap now. And or or he likes to refer to himself as Sandown Sweetheart, Captain Cobra, Captain Cobra, the, the Rock of Gibraltar. Yep. <laughs> uh, what but, else was uh, there? There was a lot. Oh, every week he'll he'll come up with a new one next week. Such creativity. But we also have another player that. He seems to gain a nickname every other week and he hasn't really embraced too many of them, but one that has stuck is we call him Jorge. Uh, his name is Josh and he was getting called Alan for a while because he got a haircut down and he looked like Alan DeGeneres. <laughs> um, he, started, so he, he went with uh, Jorge Exotic, exotic yes. during lockdown after watching Tiger King. Uh, <sighs> So we, we do like our nicknames, and um, so you definitely got to make sure. How'd you get, how'd you get your nickname, Rifty? <laughs> <laughs> nah, we won't get to that one. We've taken up enough time. <laughs> I just like the story behind it. That's all. Yeah, it sounds like a good story. Nah, it's not. It's not that great. It is a good story, Rifty. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a while, our club uh, we used to have three teams at our club uh we sort of then lost a few players so we had we were we only had two teams and um when you're playing you know seniors or reserves you sort of you know you want it to be competitive to try and get to the senior team you know you want people striving to be in the senior team and there was a lot of guys that weren't really doing that and so we had a, a meeting going and one of the guys said, oh, I'm sick of this rift at the club. There's a rift between seniors and, and reserves. And I said, well, I don't think there's a big enough rift between the two. And so they're like, oh, yeah, of course, you rifty. You want to cause a rift at the club. So and now it's, it's stuck. But It's not a great story, but it's just funny how that, out of all nicknames yeah. people get, that's one that sticks. And I, I I was known as Rick Dog for the last ten years before that. So um, yeah, oh, fifteen years I was known yeah. as Rick Dog, and now I'm Rifty. The last year and a bit, and it's it I've doesn't to look, embrace it because it doesn't look good when you're president. Anyway. It doesn't look good when your president's nickname's Rifty, though. It's a, <laughs> yeah, nah, but it's shifty, I guess. Yeah. But, um, thanks, Eve, for joining us. Uh, you did mention. You have Instagram and Facebook. If you want to give those a shout out, we'll make sure we share those so that everyone can find the Burnaby Eagles and um, hit you guys up if they ever head over to Canada. Um, yep, so Burnaby Eagles <laughs> at Facebook and yeah. Instagram or Twitter. Instagram. Our Instagram uh, gets posted on a fair, fair amount. So uh, 
And yeah, if anyone ever is coming over and wants to message and uh, come meet the boys and have a kick or just hit the pub and have a few beers, I suggest someone's always on that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll have to keep an eye on yeah, if you get so, this Eagle Cup up. Yeah, so the Instagram page is Burnaby underscore Eagles. And um, KG, she's the one that's um, we're navigating it, and she's always in touch that way. So that's the best way for guys and girls to get connected with us. Can confirm they're very uh, quick on responding, responding on the Instagram account as well. So Very nice. Um, yeah, if you do get that Eagles Cup up and going over in Hawaii, I think we'll like, – That'd have to be the first trip we make, I reckon. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, mate. My mum does owe me a trip to Hawaii, so... Uh... <laughs> got to cash in. Well, so my uh, mum decided that... So I got married last... Yeah, last year I got married. Shit, that's not good. Got married right. last year and um, thank you. Me and my wife obviously went on a honeymoon to Thailand and my mum was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go to Hawaii after your wedding. So she paid for my two sisters to go to Hawaii with her. So I said to her the other week, I'm like, oh, well, you can pay for me to go to Hawaii now. She's like, yeah, no, no worries at all. So I reckon uh, just, you might need to become a, her son for a, a week or if you get a free trip as well. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'll, uh, yeah, we'll get over I'll there. We'll a, go. I'll shout a few beers anyway. We'll try and, get, try and get Sam Mitchell to come over for another kick <laughs> with the uh, Hawaii yeah, Eagles and uh, it'll be good. But, yeah, thanks, Eve, for joining us. We appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy your birthday, Jim, and uh, enjoy a few bourbons. And, yeah, take care. We'll uh, catch up with you guys some other time. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.